Thank you. Hi, everybody. I hope that my <clears throat> my connection is okay because it I, I was a little glitchy before. So, my name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, welcome to those that are new to Recovery Jam and those that are old to Recovery Jam, and everyone in between. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about um, a topic that I, I love, but I've never done a talk on it before. Um, and it's unwillingness. Um, so I want to start off in the big book, um, in the chapter Into Action on page 76. It says, we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. And I think it's, you know, like, what, what does that even mean? Like, what does it mean to be indispensable? So I looked it up, um, and it's absolutely necessary, essential, crucial, key, vital, needed, and required. So I've heard a, a few times before that I've heard people say like willingness is overrated. And, um, and the big book actually says, no, no, it's not overrated. Um, it's indispensable. Like you absolutely must have willingness. Um, and, and so what is willingness then, right? If I know what indispensable means, I can't do without it. Okay, so what is this thing that I can't do without, right? Um, well, what is it? It's willingness means that you're inclined or favorably disposed in mind, that you're ready, you're prepared mentally or physically for some experience or action so it means you're ready to take action and you're ready to have an experience. That's what it means to be willing. And you're prompt to act, right? So you're gonna be doing things promptly, quickly, timely, um, accepted by choice or without any reluctance. So if, you're, if you do it without, you know, having um, your feet you know, kind of planted in and dragging your heels. And also relating to the will or the power of choosing. So I think it's important because we, we hear a lot about powerlessness and yet willingness has something to do with choices. There are some choices that we can make as far as willingness is concerned. Um, and in the appendix, uh, in the spiritual experience on page 568, it says willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. And again, essential, absolutely necessary, extremely important, crucial, key, vital, needed, required. So you've got to have willingness. It's like you can't do it without the willingness. So if it's that important, then how do we get it? What makes us willing, right? What is it that we can, how, how can we get this thing called willingness? Well, <clears throat> desperation is a component, feeling we've got no other options, and that coupled with the smallest seed of hope. Those are the components that make people willing. And in the forward to the second edition, it says um, that when the broker gave him Dr. Silkworth's description of alcoholism and its hopelessness, 
the physician began to pursue the spiritual remedy for his malady with a willingness he had never before been able to muster. So they're talking here about when Bill told Dr. Bob about the hopeless nature of this disease, right? The medical estimate about this problem. Then, then he began to pursue the spiritual remedy, right? So, and in, and in Bill's story on page 12, it says upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. So this is important information, I think, as for us, as we go out and carry the message, those of us who are out there carrying the message, which by the way, is everybody who's here because that's part of the rehabilitation is that we get well and help others. Um, so first, if we wanna help people become willing, we first use our words to drive home the hopelessness of this disease. We don't pat people on the back and say, it's gonna get better, everything's gonna be okay. But actually we're supposed to drive home how hopeless this is, which is part of the directions in the chapter working with others, we're told. We emphasize this so that the sufferers begin to see that this is something that can't be battled on their own. But the other important thing to keep in mind is, although our words scream of hopelessness, we show up like Ebby. We show up looking like a demonstration of people who have been reborn, restructured, rebuilt. You know, our words should help create desperation, but our deportment and our demeanor should bring hope. And, you know, I've heard people make light of people saying that they're praying for willingness, right? And I remember sort of at one point kind of almost rolling my eyes at that, thinking, well, that's just, that's just lame. I'm praying for the willingness. But actually in the chapter um, into action, on page 76, it says there, if we still cling to something we'll not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. And although in that part, they might be talking about the defects, right? And that if you're not willing to let go of a defect, you ask God to help you remove that. You know, that's what you ask for willingness. And I would think that the great defect that might be keeping us from even making a start could be fear and certainly selfishness, right? Like right from the get-go, fear and selfishness could be the thing that's, that's keeping somebody from even being willing to make a start. So, okay, so if willingness is that important and if these are the things that we do to cultivate willing, so willing to do what? What is it that I have to be willing to do? Well, in Bill's story on page 13, it says this, belief in the power of God plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility to establish and maintain the new order of things were the essential requirements. So if you're willing to establish the new order of things and then maintain this order, and all right, so then what do they mean by a new order, right? And an order is like the arrangement or disposition of people or things in relation to each other. It's a particular sequence, a pattern or a method, right? So the steps, 
right? It's a pattern, a method, a sequence, an organization, and a structure. And also order, right, means a command, a direction, or instruction. So yeah, we're willing to take, you know, a command, a direction, an order. Um, and we have to be entirely willing to establish a new arrangement and a new structure to our lives. And recovery does not mean that I merely fit recovery into this structure of a life I already have. But it does mean that I'm gonna be participating and cooperating in the creation of a new structure. And the other definition of order means a command or a direction. And isn't that just what this is all about? A new director, a new boss, right? Willing to get a new boss. That one is God. By the way, it's not our sponsors. It's God. That's the boss. Um, so let's take a look at how we apply willingness to each of these steps, right? To this establishing this new order. How do I take willingness and put it through every one of the steps? All right. Well, step one, willingness. In the 12 and 12, step one on page 24, it says, under the lash of alcoholism, we are driven to AA, and there we discover the fatal nature of our situation. Then, and only then, do we become as open-minded to conviction and as willing to listen as the dying can be. We stand ready to do anything which will lift the merciless obsession from us. So, okay, step one means we need to be open-minded to conviction. Whose conviction, right? The firmly held beliefs and opinions of the people who are well, right? That's step one, that I'm gonna be open-minded to take some direction from people who, who are living the way that I wanna live. And willing to listen to directions and to do anything, taking action in order to get well. Okay, on page 58 and how it works, it says, here's some more things about step one, right? If you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So step one requires a decision that A, you want what others have, and B, you're willing to not stay on the sidelines, merely watching others recover and live their recovered lives, but actually doing what those people do, meaning participate. And, you know, like gentle reminder, we say like, put your camera on, because that's part of your early participation, being here, you know, and on a phone meeting, if that's your home meeting, Take a deep breath, press star one, and get all in there, right? Step up and get in there. Um, and there's a solution on page 25 to page 26. It says, this we did because we honestly wanted to and were willing to make the effort. So it's understood that willingness means ready to work hard and exert all our human effort to do everything within our human power to chase this thing down called recovery. Step two now, okay, willing to believe. That's the willingness that we need in step two. And in the chapter, We Agnostics on page 46, it says, 
we found that as soon as we were well, we able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So step two means we're willing to believe that thing, that idea, which we cannot define or understand. I love when I heard a fellow say that she doesn't have to understand God, but she does have to stand under him. And I just loved that. You know, that, that to me is exactly what I need for step two willingness. And in Bill's story on page 12, it says it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. And then it further on We Agnostics on page 47, it says, do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? And as soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. So what's the difference between believing and willing to believe? I think willing to believe means that there might still be some uncertainty, some doubts, some reservations and misgivings, but you're open to the possibility and to go even further to live by principles, right? Which leads us now into willingness to have a relationship with God. That's willingness. That's what I need willingness for. A personal, intimate connection to invite God in. And in page 12, again, in Bill's story, it says, there had been a humble willingness to have him with me. And he came. So the willingness to have God with you, to invite God in, and then there's a solution on page 28. It says, if we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may, make, we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. So again, we're told that there's some effort here. There's some trying here. And how do we do this? Well, I say we hold space in our hearts and in our day, right? If I'm in a relationship with God, if I'm willing to pursue that relationship, prayer and meditation is an action I've got to be willing to do. In practical terms, what does that mean? Getting up earlier, right? Um, people are like, I don't know how to make a real, I don't know how to form a relationship with God. I'm not sure that I believe. Great. Okay. No problem. Set your, set your timer, sit down and start making an effort for that relationship. You know, um, for many of us, that's the action that we begin to take that we're open and willing to practice this repeatedly and to try it honestly, right? In earnest. Okay, step three, willingness. Willing to do what? Willing to turn our lives over to the care and protection of God. And in the big book, Working with Others, it, on page 93, it says the main thing 
So the important thing, right, is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. And in the chapter of Vision for You on page 158, it says on the third day, the lawyer gave his life to the care and the direction of his creator and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. Willing to depend upon a higher power. That's the willingness of step three. In the 12 and 12 on, in the chapter about step three on page 36, it says this, and the facts seem to be these, the more we became willing to depend upon a higher power, the more independent we actually are. And in how it works on page 60, it says the point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. So the willingness of step three means that we go from belief, the willingness to believe in step two, to reliance, right? To putting it all in. I say it's like you kind of put these eggs, you've got these broken eggs, and I put them in a basket. And to me, it's an invisible basket. I can't even see the basket. And then I just hand the basket over entirely. Just give the whole thing over. And that's what step three is. It's, you know, and what I find is, is that the more I depend on God, the freer we become, the freer I became. Stop forcing life and its people to conform to my design, to our own design. Rather, what we do is we seek God's design. We become willing to give God our thoughts, our hearts, our words, our very lives. And in fact, we actually give it all over to God so that he can rebuild us, not so that I get what I want from it, but so that I can show others how powerful and wonderful God is. It's like, here, take me, rebuild me so that I can be used to show others how awesome and amazing you are. That's step three. You know, and I love it. It's um, here's where I say, now I'm on team God. That's step three. We join team God to make my life all about being like God's advertisement. I want to be God's advertisement through my actions and not just my words. And I'm willing to grow and grow and grow in this way. Okay. So step four, what's my willingness in step four then? Well, I've got these things that are keeping me from being able to do God's will. Those are my blocks. In step four in the 12 and 12 on page 50, it says, now willing to commence the search for his own defects, he will ask, just how do I go about this? How do I take inventory of myself? So step four willingness, we need to be willing to begin the inventory process, which we're gonna practice for a lifetime. We are called to search out our defects. And notice there it says search. I'm actually supposed to look really hard for the things that are defective in me, not in the things that are defective with other people, but willing to really look at myself critically, right? With, with, with the intention of finding things that need improvement. Um, on page 52 in the um, AA 12 and 12, it says, if I'm unable 
to change the present state of affairs? Am I willing to take the measures necessary to shape my life to conditions as they are? So step four also means we'll be willing to accept current situations and instead of trying to get the present circumstances to change, we have to be willing to do the changing. I have to be willing to be the one that changes. And, and I think if we remember it, we're told that anger is the dubious luxury of normal men and how argument and fault finding are to be avoided like the plague. So I become willing here to walk away from the fight to put the war rope down when there's a tug of war, and perhaps to even risk being seen as weak or a pushover, right? I have to be willing to sort of, yeah, you know, like not engage in fight. Okay, step five, what am I willing here? Willing to be entirely honest with someone and willing to take advice and accept the advice that I'm given. And in the 12 and 12 on step five, it says, page 59, only by discussing ourselves, holding back nothing, only by being willing to take advice and accept direction, could we set foot on the road to straight thinking, solid honesty, and genuine humility. And in how it works, page 60, it says the point is, that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. So um, I'm gonna be willing also to grow towards my ideals. And in how it works, it says, whatever my ideal turns out to be, I've gotta be willing to grow towards it. So in step five, we have this willingness to allow another person to know us in our entirety and to listen to the feedback that they give us and take the suggestions and the directions. I say I had to stop trying to seem better than I really believed myself to be, right? I had to honestly be truthful about who it was I thought I was. Um, and I had to stop being like, I got this. I know what to do, person. I actually had to actively listen to the feedback that was being given to me. No more being the public relations director for me, right? I had to sit there and really listen to the constructive feedback, willing to have God mold my ideals and willing to grow towards it. And I would say willing to be uncomfortable because molding my ideals, when I think about it, I think about they're, they're, when I think about something being molded, there's pressure. There's a little bit of pressure and pushing, you know, kind of like getting me out of my comfort zone, molding me so that I can be what it is that God would have me be. So step six then. If we can answer to our satisfaction, then we look at step six. We've emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Remember again, our definition, can't do without it. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things that we've admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, everyone? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us to be willing. So in step seven, 
when ready, we say something like this, my creator, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. So I'm willing to keep my attention on my own character defects and not merely criticize others for their shortcomings. I'm willing to ask God to remove my defects. I'm willing to start practicing new behaviors that might be uncomfortable so that I'm cooperating with the removal of these defects. I can't remove them, I'm not God, but I can certainly cooperate to the best of my ability. Remember, willingness means that I'm gonna be taking action that might be uncomfortable, right? Okay, in step eight and nine, oh, step, I'm sorry. So there's a chapter in, into wives on page 118. It says, if you both show a willingness to remedy your own defects, there'll be little need to criticize each other. And I think about that, you know, when I'm asking God to remove my defects, I am focusing on my defects and not the people around me, right? But myself and not to be critical, right? I'm, I'm reminded here not to criticize others, but to focus on my own defects, to remedy my own defects. Steps eight and nine, willing to clean up the wreckage of our past. And in Bill's story on page 13, he says, I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals admitting my wrong. And in the chapter into action on page 79, it says, we may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we're willing. That's hard, right? So, um, and then on page 67, it says, we admitted our wrongs honestly, and we're willing to set these matters straight. And on page 70, we've listed all the people we've hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out our past if we can. So we're willing to do what we believe God would have us do, to make restitution and to seek integrity above reputation. Even willingness to risk our own personal comforts and freedoms. Like that's what we're told here. Um, in steps 10, we're willing to continue to watch for our defects and to keep our channel clear, to consistently inventory, consistently turn to God when we're disturbed, consistently look at our part. Remember the word consistent, right? That we do this repeatedly repeatedly over and over and over again um and step 11 we're willing to pray and meditate to seek god throughout the day morning upon awakening right before going to bed anytime we're disturbed anytime we're uncertain anytime we don't know what to do we have to be willing to not just jump ahead and take crazy action but to actually pause and invite God in. And for me, when I think about it, it has, for, I have to sometimes be willing 
to look like I don't have the answers, right? And um, for someone who's a know-it-all, a perpetual know-it-all syndrome, that's that's real. For me, that's like exercising real willingness to just pause when I'm doubtful and be honest and say, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And invite God in, right? Okay, step 12. We've got a lot of willingness in step 12, willing to work with others, to work day and night, right? To work intensively, not conveniently, but intensively, to be inconvenienced and offer care. In the chapter, A Vision for You on page 159, it says they're willing by day or night to place a new man in the hospital and visit him afterward. And think about that, guys. Like if you're placing someone in a hospital, it means you're taking people in a very like vulnerable, weak, sometimes unpleasant way. And we're not like wagging our fingers at them speaking down to them, treating them with disdain, telling them to go away, come back when you're ready to do business, come see me when you've got it together, but actually to take people, put them in the hospital, right? Offer them care, offer them friendship, offer them fellowship. And then it says, and visit him afterward, right? And to sit with people as they're not doing very well. And then it says here in step 12, what else do we do? What else are we willing to do? To tell our stories and specifically our mistakes in an honest desire to be helpful to those that still suffer. And in the chapter, The Family Afterwards, on page 124, it says, we thank each family which has been relieved, right? That's us. If we've been relieved, owes something to those who have not. And when the occasion requires, each member of it should be only too willing to bring former mistakes, no matter how grievous, out of their hiding places. So when I share about some of the mistakes I've made, some of the wrongs that I've done, it's with my eye and my heart taking them out of their hiding places so that perhaps there's an experience here that might benefit another. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's why we need humility. That's why we need to be honest about who we are and what our wrongs have been. And I think that's where we stop regretting the past because when we realize that our past has the power to be healing, then it's a gift. Then all of it is a gift. In the chapter, again, in the family afterwards, it's, it says that is true only if one is willing to turn the past to good account. So we're willing to take those things and to put it for good use. Okay, what else are we willing to do? One of my favorite things, we're willing to build a fellowship, to find a sufficient substitute for the food, for the alcohol, for the ism, in the chapter of Vision for You on page 152, it says, yes, I'm willing. 
But am I consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? And then we're told further on to duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished, meaning their growth of a fellowship, is only a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. So we need to be willing to stop seeing food as our entertainment and our leisure and to take all that energy and all that focus and seek human connection through the steps and through the fellowship. We have to be willing to pour into others, to be a way and not a may, right? And um, with that, I'll pass.